You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, it is truly appreciated. And you know what else I truly appreciate? I truly appreciate blowouts. And that's what we got today. Lakers took off to a 20-point lead right away, and they never looked back. They ended the first quarter up by 20 and just basically just put it into cruise control but didn't take their foot off the pedal. That's what I like to see. They had the score as high as in the mid-30s, and you know what? They got an easy win over the Golden State Warriors, 117-91. to Just truly an enjoyable game to watch throughout the entire thing. Just the defense was there, and it stayed there, and it stuck there, and that's what I like to see. Easy transition points. Three-point shooting was okay. I will take it. It wasn't the best, but again, you know what? This is the Lakers, so... We'll take 35.5% on days like these where they're creating so much havoc on the defense and also just creating so much work for Steph Curry to try and operate. And yes, Alex Caruso did have a happy birthday, although, man, he was looking pretty shaky in that first quarter there. Uh, he was <laughs> the only one to, missing bunnies, missing shots, right and left on my – did he just turn 38 right away? Oh, no, he just turned 27. Too but much cake, baby, too much cake. Too much, too much cake, but then he he came around a little bit. So everyone on the team had a good contribution. LeBron James, really solid, didn't have to work too hard, and that's the most important thing. He got a nice break as far as only having to play 24 minutes in the game, and that's really what you want to see. Dennis Schroeder, pretty solid with his 12 points. Again, no real, real standouts. They played well as a team, and this is what we need to see. As Jamie says it best, the Laker Tom load management system, is that that's <laughs> when it works out best. And here today to talk about the game and so much more is our good friends indeed. First off, he's the man behind five great things. No, not five strange things. Five great things that you see each and every time at Lakerholics.com. He's only known as the Admiral right now because there's no trap. It's Jamie Sweet. And Jamie, I've got a question for you. Back in January when the Lakers played Golden State at the Staples Center with AD, with a full roster, 
they managed to lose by two. Flash forward a little over a month later without AD and just coming off that win on Friday. But before that, they've been playing, obviously, as you know, real lousy. They win by 26. What's the difference? I mean, I think half of that is effort. The thing, you know, it's one of the things we've talked about after the Portland game. Um, also just better execution. I thought that we executed as well in the first half as we have in over a month. And I also think Golden State looked like we looked against teams like Washington. And, uh, you know, they just didn't, they they never had energy this whole game. I, a little bit to start the game. And then once we kind of took them out of their comfort zone on defense, they, they never got back into their comfort zone. Yeah. And once we opened up, a, I think they led one to nothing. And that was about the only lead they ever had. And after that, we, we, we led except for the first 48 seconds or whatever yeah we jumped out to a 15 point lead early and then they, they closed it within to about eight yeah and then we just took off from there by the end of the quarter the first quarter it they, we were up by 20 so definitely was a a great way to do it because again the defense has been there as tom and i have argued back and forth and alluded to but you know what it is the number one defense in the league in a league that's not playing any defense and even there were times today where the Lakers just let up layups that are just going like, okay. Yeah, no, yeah. There, there were some, there were some breakdowns in community. This team has a lot of breakdowns on communication on the defensive end, which, you know, get a little more worrisome as the season goes on. Those are the sort of things you would like to see. Which is so funny because I was hearing a game the other day and you know what, they were complimenting the Lakers on their defense. And because <laughs> of the reason why they cited was their communication. So that's they what try, I wanted. but the bro- I mean, the breakdowns are what are what break it all. You know, well, it just shows you when you don't look at the Lakers firsthand on an every game basis. There's this right. wide synopsis of what the Lakers they think they are, and right. but uh, it just takes you have to look. It's like with any team, you have to look and watch them every single game to really truly understand what this team is. And again, when this team is making those transitions, baskets real easy, turning the ball over. Get, I mean, right, you know, as far as those creating those turnovers and doing everything they can on the defensive end, that's when you see just this team really going to action and it makes life so much easier. And it takes a lot of pressure off them when they shoot three pointers because they know that they're getting baskets and in, in different ways. So it's really good to see. But also here today to talk about the game as well is a good man. He's the mastermind behind lakerholics.com you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today not only on his medium.com site but also lakerholics.com it is laker tom and laker tom i see the big smile on your face ever since you popped up here on Streamyard, i can tell that you're a happy man well this is the kind of game that i love more than any other game you know it's the game i love more than any other game. <laughs> yeah you know i tell you what really impressed me was uh they did the exact same thing in the first quarter that they did in the last game to win in the second half. And that is they, the defense was just terrific. And LeBron was playing middle linebacker. I think that's a perfect description for how he played because there were two perfect instances where he anticipated a pass and grabbed that pass and tipped it ahead and ignited fast breaks that in both cases, he finished with layups. But it's just that vision, it's that smarts and that anticipation of knowing where that ball's going to go, where the next pass is going to go. And he just makes that jump just like a middle linebacker intercepting a pass or knocking one down. Terrific game all the way around. 
I had the same feeling about Alex is wondering if did he eat too much cake before the game, knowing it was his birthday because he came out and didn't play very well at all at the start. Yeah. Um, but it was there was there was again some great signs to see. Kenny hitting a long three, long high arcing three uh in the middle of the third quarter, I think. And uh, a Morris hitting a couple small. of Morris Gasol. hitting a couple of threes. Gasol um, to start of the game was really good. And so, you know, I, Kenny kept missing layups at the start of the game. I couldn't believe how many layups he seemed to miss. Um, Damian, Damian Jones came in and played very well, I thought. Got a couple of blocks. You know, I watched him on his defensive. I watched him cut off a couple of guys on drives on the baseline, and I thought he did a pretty good job. He made his free throws, which always impresses me for big men who just generally aren't good free throw shooters. So we'll see if he lasts. And, you know, it's it's good. I think uh, it's kind of tough to get your 10-day contract right before the nine-day vacation because, you know, he doesn't get many. He's only going to get three more, two more games to show what he can do. But that may be enough to get him, you know, a second 10-day contract. Just depends what happens. But this is a great game. The Lakers, uh, I think what I really liked most about the game was the load management aspects about it and watching the bench, watching the bench, how thrilled they were and how much fun the guys were having. You know, this was, that was what we were really missing during that 10 game stretch that started with the three overtime wins and ended with the four losses is we weren't having fun. The guys weren't having fun and they weren't, they weren't engaged in everything that was happening in the game and so forth. It seemed like we were instead turned into grumble bums, grouching about every foul call and so forth. And speaking of foul calls, I mean, I can't believe the NBA call on on Steph Curry. That was obviously a, a flagrant one, you know. And, and they say, yeah, a player can jump forward. They need to change that rule so that a player can move forward in a natural shot attempt. But when you lunge forward like that, that that should never be called. And I give credit to the to the uh, to the oh, I get the I don't get the LA announcers. I got the Golden State announcers. And I gave credit to them that they called it right like it was. You know, Jim Barnett said, hey, man, that's an offensive foul on Curry. And he couldn't oh, That's what they were that. saying on, on the national team. Uh, oh, that's right. It was, it was Jefferson. I guess it was RJ saying that. Yeah, yeah. It was RJ and I think it was uh, Mike Breen. Yeah. Uh, Mike Breen always calls Laker games pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so so that was for the New York Knickerbockers. There, but, um, you know, it, they did a great job. Uh, on the Curry in the first part of the game. Uh, they came out, they had a plan on him the same way. They played him really well. Tough guy to start, you know, he kind of got a couple of those four-point plays. Man, the defense looked good. The offense looked good. LeBron has a, has a bounce to his step still. We got two games to go. Let's win those two games and take off for the All-Star game and uh, be ready to come back. Uh, there was an announcement that Anthony Davis will be back in two weeks. They expect him back in two weeks, which happens to be exactly four weeks. It's actually the same day, March 14th, like I said last time. So with hope, he'll be able to uh, be in there in the first few games after the uh, All-Star break. Absolutely. It was a great performance by the Lakers defense. Number one rated, it shows. But the fact is they got enough three-point shooting to go ahead and make things easier. But I think those transition points, once the Lakers make those transition points, it, it makes life a lot easier 
It makes everything a lot easier. And so much pressure is taken off the, the three-point shooters because of the fact that they know they can score in so many different ways or that they have been all game long because they've been scoring so many transition points. It just When the Lakers' offense goes real slow, when they just go into that half-court offense time and time and time again, like we saw in the losing streak, that was the problem. That was the main issue because, again, the fact is you make things harder on the offense, as Tom was always saying, that the offense was the main issue and the main source of the reason why we lost so many games. And the fact that, that you just – the three-pointers were – there was so much more relying on the three-point shots in games – like the ones that the Lakers were losing than the games that they're winning right now. Well, one thing that I think really improved in the second half of the last game and in this game tonight was I saw a lot more motion. I saw a lot more passing. There wasn't the standing around. There wasn't the pitching the ball to LeBron on the sideline. Isolation. He, you would see him give it up. You can't you get away from that. But, but basically, and also the other thing I saw was every time LeBron got the ball, in the backcourt, he immediately forwarded the ball to whoever was playing point guard. If it was, it was always, it was always to Caruso or THT or Dennis. They always, he said, you take the ball and you bring it down and you work it. And then, and then basically, so you, you had Dennis doing a little bit of the Steve Nash stuff, you know, dribble penetrating and moving around, but still you saw a lot of quick exchanges of passes, pass the ball to somebody, give it back to him quick. At least there's some motion and movement around there. And I think that really helped a lot. And and part of that, too, is like we said so many times on the podcast, it's mental, man. You know, if you energy is mental and that whole thing about confidence and and playing with a mojo and 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 enjoying the game, it all translates down into how the team plays on the floor. You know, I, I saw that I think it was RJ before the game that made the comment that um the Lakers will find out tonight whether the Lakers are just whether that was a blip that they did against the second half of the last game or whether they'll just regress back into being an uninspired, you know, team that just was waiting for the all-star break. These guys look like they want to go into the all-star break on a high and that it's going to be a, it's going to be a great game when we play Phoenix. That will be the tester. I think if, if we can get by that one, then then we'll face Admiral Akbar's last trap game of the first half of the season that's exactly right it's going to be the last one hopefully of the season uh i i think i have high hopes that we'll beat uh sacramento i think uh you know uh, sacramento's a bit of it's and it's you know it's funny everybody who goes to sacramento like takes the but the, the franchise has been a mess for going since, since tomato chris weber since chris weber like blew out that leg of his they've it's been a it's been a pit of despair uh, and so it's, you know, it's where, it's where good NBA players go to die. It's where good NBA players come up and through the draft, look to escape. And for some reason, Luke Walton decided to coach there. Well, Luke, well, it's all about money. I was going to say, I was about to say, it's all, you know, yeah, but with Luke Walton, because this, Luke I mean, the team started there long. <laughs> well, that's correct. Cause that's what I was going to say. Luke Walton, he'd started out the season. Well, I mean, they were yeah. very competitive. In fact, she, you know, they were, I think at one point, a little bit, one game above 500, two games above 500. They were in a, like a seven spot in the West and then just basically fell apart on a, I think an eight or nine game losing streak. Yeah, and then they and, turned around and won, they won like five or six in a row. But yeah, yeah now they, they won. Might be too little too late. Another deal spin. Yeah, but they're one and nine in their last 10. 
Right. And unfortunately, it's, it's no longer a hot seat. It's like a bonfire he's sitting right. at this point. And I think he's his days are numbered uh, at this point. Buddy Heald has is, is just been a joke. And uh, at this yeah. point, even if he's traded, like I know at one time we were talking about him for the Lakers. You know, you're getting damaged goods at this point in time because he's his shot is just it's uh, you know it's broken. It, it's right now. Uh, and it's, maybe, it's it's here, maybe it's here. Maybe it's here. Maybe it's here. But right now, maybe going to another scenery maybe will be something better. But you know what? The, what they're still going to think they're going to offer him. I'm not sure if it's worth it at this point in time. But again, it's we'll but have to go ahead. Salary and... now becomes a problem. Yeah, that's playing, of course. When you're playing like he's playing. Yeah, and Oladipo, your guy. Tom Oladipo <laughs> just turned down a two-year contract, according to reports. Well, that's today. good news, as far as I'm concerned. I know. Uh, I was going to say, don't bring, bring that up, Gerald. It just means he's coming to the Lakers. Yeah, exactly. Well, but, well it means yeah. that it means that he's going to get traded because, you know, the Houston gave him the biggest offer they could for the extension. Yeah, and he turned that down. So. That he's means Houston's going to lose he's him gonna for sure. Turning, he's going to regret turning that extension. So he, he's not going to regret turning that down because that's what I've read from several different articles. Is that's about he might he get a three or a four a for twenty agency. a year. He won't get he won't get a hundred, but he'll get like eight. He'll get a similar deal that he has now because he's well, he'll get a four year deal from somebody. Yeah, what I'm saying that's what I'm saying. He's got a four. He's just finishing up a four year, eighty five million deal. I could see him getting that again. In an open market, I could yeah. see him getting that again. I'm not saying he's worth it. I'm just telling you, I think. Oh, I could see him getting traded to, get to the Lakers. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, he's an, right. def- he's an elite defender. I'm told, and told you that's what it up. And a and a very streaky shooter who's shooting on the subside of 35 percent three pointers, right? Which again uh, will, will no, make Tom very angry. Not, he's in the upper half of the Lakers. He's well, shooting twenty nine and a half percent from three this season. Yeah, see, so that's that's not even thirty percent. Thirty nine percent from the floor. He's shooting terribly. Yeah, so I mean, that's just going to mean another headache for Lakers. Well, he's going to get awarded twenty million dollars. He doesn't want to be. All right, one at a time. Change of scenery right. can do wonders for people. You know, we said that. You it's said that about Marcus All. You said that about Marcus All, and and you know, he Up has the season. Well, there's all sorts of examples on the other side. There was Marquise Morris, who you yeah. downed last year and who came through in the playoffs was a real third best player in the team, maybe. And yeah. who is now not the third best team on on the team, or third best he player on the a, team. He was nobody's no, still a valuable player because you have to look at the positional uh, opportunities that people have, but what he does for Anthony Davis. I think uh, you're forgetting about Rajon Rondo, Tom. Hmm? I think you forgot all about Rondo when you made that statement. Oh, as far as the third best player, yeah. Well, also KCP too also had a terrific yeah, series. Caruso and but, and but you know, let's let's put it this way: he was one of the five best. He was one of the five players. Well, who he was a great player on the playoff team. I'll, the, I'll the Lakers at that the time, is, their their players, their the supporting cast came up at the time you needed them the most. I mean, we yep. don't want to argue here about number three player. It was, I always said that, you know, I said we could no longer. No, I, I ever tracked player. the third player. I'd say he was the fifth best player in the team. Uh, the number Street three player. player for me last year was the entire supporting cast because they all came to play and they all let, raised the level of their game. Even though their shooting wasn't there, they raised the other levels of the game to go ahead and help this team win a championship. That's what they did. Well, the smaller guys did. The bigger yeah. guys didn't. 
Well, Kuzma the even contributed. Reserves, Kuzma contributed. They yeah, all make yeah. contributions. They all make contributions yeah. during that final. Well, you, you're you're trying to change history, like RJ was saying that that uh, how important. Uh, did, you hear, did you hear that big thing he went about how important uh, McGee and Howard were to the Lakers championship run? Well, Howard was important during the regular season. Howard was important during the Denver run. You got him in one of those things. That's the problem with these ESPN guys. They only watch a few Laker games. They don't really know what happened with the team last year or how they played in the playoffs, and or they don't remember it or they don't do the research or something. Everyone outside of McGee, you could argue with, had a good, had at least some point in the playoffs a good run. Even Howard had a good run again. Howard had a good run in Denver. Yeah, and Portland. But that's what a team does. That's what a coach does. He takes those situational players and finds the situation that's best for them. Well, he takes the, the starter player who played every game the entire year and benches his butt because he wasn't worth it in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. Up, and he got played off of the floor. Yeah, that's what we're saying. We're not disagreeing mm-hmm. with you on that. We said mm-hmm. everyone but McGee. It's, that's correct. Everyone but McGee. Howard, and that's why we didn't bring him back. Well, but I'm... Why is this always going to an argument with your, where are you going with this, Tom? We're not he asking just he never wants to, he never wants going to with it is all of the people to the big man from last say year that we should be bringing JaVale McGee back. I'm not one of those people. I've never been one of those people. Nobody, I don't think anybody on the podcast has ever advocated bringing JaVale McGee back. When he didn't play a minute we're, in, the, in the You're advocating for Howard. You're advocating for Howard. To come those are back. two different players. That We're talking about two different people. They're two, they're two different players. Same applies to Howard. He's not coming back. We rejected no, him. That's yeah, I, yeah, he's playing him. in Philadelphia. We know that. He's playing in Philadelphia. There are other players. But again, this is a subject for another day because I want to go ahead and have it's a podcast where we can talk about who the Lakers can pick up feasibly. These are stuff that we need to talk about during the All-Star break because there's going to be plenty of time to talk like and speculate on that because we're going to have we're going to be starving for content at that point in time because, again, they shouldn't be going and playing an All-Star game in the first place. But that, that's my opinion. Is but, everybody getting nine days off, or are they using some of that time to fill in games that people missed? No, uh, I think they're taking it off, and they're, and they're adding. Some teams are having a pretty compressed schedule. Wow, some of those teams must look have at the whole schedule. It's, schedule. it's some teams are having. Uh, I don't know. How, I don't know that they've made up every game. I'm not sure of what team has missed what amount of games. I know that Toronto's in the midst of it right now. They just had a game postponed. Because it's, it's only if a game got fully postponed. And I, I, only a handful of teams have had games postponed outright. Uh, you know, they've missed guys on the team and played anyway. So, so everybody's getting the same vacation, basically. Yeah. They're all everybody's getting nine days right. off. Uh, they probably need it. They probably need it. Uh, yeah, yes, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, the Lakers certainly need it. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that 
I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. But, you know, again, this is going to be something I want to talk about. The All-Star break is on the horizon, but there is two games left. We did talk about Sacramento and the roasting of Luke Walton, which we'll do hopefully during that game or after the game when we go ahead and have the podcast then. But you're right. There is still one major game left, and that is with Phoenix, who we should not underestimate, who is actually breathing down the necks of both the Clippers and the Lakers. They're at 21 and 11. They have the same amount of losses as the Lakers do. And I I think people don't recognize that because the fact that, oh, Phoenix is there. Phoenix is that good. Yes, Phoenix is that good. They're not doing it with smoke and mirrors. They're doing it with a lot of young, active players. Chris Paul is guiding them. They had Chris Paul on our team. Yeah, well, do you have $45 million on you? So we could have come up with the, we could have come up with enough players to do it. Would have been interesting. Uh, no, because Phoenix also. He sure, he sure has a lot left in the tank, though, doesn't he? He seemingly, yeah. seemingly, you think he's done and over with, and he managed to go ahead and, and find. No, he's playing more as well as he did game. last year. Yeah, yeah, maybe more better, credit to maybe him. better. More credit to him for that. Yeah. You know, he's he's still playing at, like you said, a very high level at an all star level. So that's great for that team. But again, the Lakers better not overlook the Suns. Or they'll get bitten by the Suns, and oh, excuse me, they'll get burned by the Suns. <laughs> That's uh, a better come, analogy. Yeah, a better, better analogy right there for you. But I want to go ahead before we head on out. How can the Lakers stay focused, Jamie? What do they need to do to stay focused for the next couple of games to close out mm-hmm. strong? Because right now, two losses in a row, and they're back down to fourth place. Yeah, I think they just need to. I mean, not look ahead. They just need to take each game as it comes, not not look ahead to that all-star break, not look ahead to that trip to uh, Cancun or Catalina or wherever they're going to go. Uh, okay, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wherever they're going to go, Ted, Ted. Yeah. They just elected him, so they're stuck with him for another another spell. So uh, sorry, Texas. Uh, hashtag not sorry. Um, he spent more time in Cancun and Orlando than he has his own state in his time oh, at need. But well, he went. He had a COVID excuse for going to Orlando. Yeah, he's. He, that's. I will. I will say that that is not a problem unique to Ted Cruz. That's a problem unique to. Yeah. Well, let's get back to the get back to the Lakers. Back to Lakers. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, I, I can't. I can't single Ted out for that one. That's. That's like. Who does the who does their job well in the Senate? Not many. Anyway, I, I think if they take it one game at a time, execute on defense like we've seen them executing on defense in the last game and a half, two games. I mean, honestly, when we play like we played on defense, I take us against any team in, in the association. I, I think there's, I, I think Philly gives us a hard run because we don't have anybody, and this is again not unique to us. Nobody has a player that can contain Embiid. He's too good. He's too big. He has too many skills. The only thing you can hope is that he's hurt, uh, or you know, like Jokic, you can get him in foul trouble. You know, those, those, those. That's it. Those, that's your strategy against guys like that. And uh, you see Simmons, how well he plays defense. He locked yeah. up Doncic uh, the other day. Really made his life miserable, and then that's how they won. But then there are other games where Philadelphia just doesn't show up. I mean, you know, you see that their record should be much better than what it is personally, because I think that. They have a team that surrounds Embiid now that 
should deserve a better record than this. I, I don't know what happens to them. They really just flip that switch off. I, I'm, I'm going to see if I can reach out to somebody that, that really knows the Sixers because, again, I think their record should be a lot better than what it is. I mean, that's true of all – that's true of every team in this. Every yeah, team, that was, that was, I was going to say the same thing, Jamie. Yeah, every, every team's giving up a gimme game here or there. You know, the Lakers have five gimme games. We should have not lost. We lost. Right. And that's why our record's as bad as it is. And it's, yeah, it's part of the home court. It's part of, I think, this whole COVID, you know, anti-bubble thing that we're in. is huge in that because the schedule's so compressed. There's going to be games right. where you just don't have it physically. And it, because your whole team's playing, it's the whole team. It's not one guy. It's not – It's everybody's got dead legs on a game. You, you have no time for practice. You know, it's it's just really difficult. It's a bonkers and you get into these mental drains like we were in with those four games, and you could just see the guys were just struggling. It was almost like, you know, let's get this game over with. You know? Like how Golden State looked tonight after the first quarter. Like that, they they, they yeah. lost their energy after that first Hey, they quarter. won three in a row, and they came in here and just got right. bombed out. They the just got and they laid an egg. So, you know, it happens in professional sports, even in, under, under the best of circumstances. No Normal 82-game season with people in the stands. Or, it seems like there's more blowouts this season than – normal i wonder if that's I, been true i wonder if that's because coaches pull the plug a little earlier than they have because they know that, that any minute of rest they can get the their yeah. best guys is a minute of rest that is it's it's a bonus minute down the road and so right i mean it'd be interesting to hear from coaches post this season like what they did differently um oh all right my daughter's yelling at me so uh, <laughs> no worries why don't you go take care of the little one and I'll finish up with Laker Tom, but make right. sure you check out Jamie, the Admiral, no Akbar right now. No Jamie Akbar, Sweet. Yeah. He's going to be on Lakerholics.com with his five great things. My friend, it's been great having you on, uh, but go ahead and take care of that young one. She's, she Thanks, needs guys. to have a now. great night. Yeah. See you see later. You as well. All right, Laker Tom, speaking of which Lakerholics.com before we head on out, you got to go ahead and tell everybody what you're looking to go ahead and talk about and write about at Lakerholics.com. Well, I got an article that's going to come out tomorrow. Uh, the main theme of the article is that I happen to think that the Lakers need to make a big move because I think that the new, the Brooklyn Nets are now the favorites to win the championship. And I think a lot of it goes with the fact that three superstars gives them a an edge that you don't see the Lakers or the Clippers have. Because if the Lakers or Clippers lose one of their two superstars, we saw what could happen. And yet we're watching we're watching a Nets team basically that's just playing two of their three superstars. They're only they're, playing one last night. Yeah, they only played one last night. And and they're still they're still they still have those games just like everybody seems to have that are erratic. And and I think it's funny that the Lakers little stretch came when they lost those those games all in a row was sort of other than that, we have probably had the fewest number of situations that where we really just came in and couldn't survive games you know i mean the fact that we were in that streak and we still won those three overtime games we could have had a horrible streak in there we could have three more losses very easily you know on our record i think what the lakers need to do going forward is just exactly what they're doing right now uh, i think they're in a good frame of mind you watch the bench and you watch lebron and you watch ad talking on the bench you see the players rushing to help their teammates up and you see the excitement that they get for the bench guys coming in and doing the load management thing and and the excitement for Damian Jones for getting his baskets and getting his blocks. So I think that I think that they're going to be 
I don't think there's any way that I see the Suns game as a trap game. I think the Lakers are going to come out. I think they're going to look at it as a challenge to stop Devin Booker. And I think LeBron's going to look at it as a challenge to win a game against uh, CP3. So if they take that game, then I think that they'll blow the Kings out. And I think we can go into the all-star break with a four-game win streak and second place and the second best record in the league. I'm hoping so as well, my friend. I mean, because Utah, that's out of reach. Utah's yeah. just been playing so well continuously. They did have a slip up the other day, but they did come back against Orlando. And credit to them for keeping that mindset. They've been doing it better than anybody, keeping that mindset. Well, they've got, the in- continu- they've got that continuity that you yeah. get, you know, and, and a lack of injuries, perfect health, perfect continuity. And you know the guys, the guys like each other. They like they playing share the ball. Players. Yeah, they, they're they're great, at, and I'm glad you got a chance to see them because it's something I yep. I've been seeing all season with them that the Lakers show you know, today. I, I, still, I still think the problem in the playoffs, and this is this is another reason why I think it's so important for the Lakers to get at least another player who's an All Star. The playoffs are all about superstars. That's why I don't think the Jazz, you know, are going to be able to survive the Western Conference Finals, even with home court advantage. I think the Lakers and the Clippers are both going to be trying hard to improve the team. Um, and that's not to say that other teams aren't going to. The Bucks are going to be looking to try to add people. You know, the Sixers are going to be looking to add people. The Nets. Um, everybody, everybody who's a competing team is going to be looking for ways to upgrade their roster. And all of it is part of an arms race that I think the Nets have started because of having those three superstars. The Nets themselves are going to be competing with all of us for role players, because if you can't get a third superstar, then you definitely want to upgrade your role players. And in the Lakers case, get a real shot blocker who can protect the rim. uh, And most importantly, get some volume three point shooters so that we don't have to, you know, lose the three point differential by huge amounts. When we play the, the, the Clippers, the jazz and, and the Nets who are, three of the top four teams in three-point differential. So it's going to be it's going to be an exciting second half of the season. Kind of boring having nine days off. I hadn't thought about what we're going to talk about on the podcast, but it'll be good. We'll have some good opportunity to to do different things. I'll think of something. I'll think I'm of sure something you will. And and you'll never you'll never be at a, a loss to talk. I know you nope. talk, especially about the Lakers. But Look for Laker Tom's articles on his medium.com site and also Lakerholics.com. It was a definitive and defining win pretty much throughout the, you know, the Golden State Warriors only got one chance to lead the game, and that was at one to zero. In fact, they didn't score more than 25 points in any quarter tonight, as Jamie put it. it they're really just a dominant defensive performance. And then again, the fact that they were just in so many transition points, that's what you want to see. You want to see them running because that's what the Lakers really do best is when they're on the run, they are really hard to stop. They get those turnovers. They really go ahead and get that ball moving. Then it leads to more passing Between as far as when they're in a half-court offense. It leads to more confident shooting, and it doesn't force things to go haywire like we've seen so many times in, in recent weeks. If they can shoot 35% like they did tonight and they create that type of defense and those type of turnovers, you know what? The Lakers can compete with anybody out there in the NBA. Well, Tom, it's been great having you on the program today. Looking forward to our next conversation Tuesday, which is going to be 
I think, is it at Phoenix? Oh, no, it's going to be here at, at the Staples. Staples Centers. Yeah, at Staples. So it's going to be another late game. So hopefully you'll check in with us after the game at Phoenix. Or if you miss our live shows, you can go ahead and check out anywhere you get your podcasts. Go ahead and check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast or Lakerholics.com. Tom, it's been great having you on the show once again. I look forward to our conversation Tuesday. Hopefully a win against the Suns. Hopefully they won't go be like, you know, Icarus and flying up too close to the sun and get burned and get the wings burned <laughs> off and all that. Hopefully they'll go ahead and quench that sun on Tuesday. And we'll talk about it right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.